away. Better than most. Better than most. Critical takeoff. He falls into the pit. He's going to get spat out. Please make welcome the Ball and All podcast, James Tiger Woods, Beric Eckerbarts, and the king of speaking in the third person, Steve Condor Condo Condon. The original Sydney football stadium, where heroes came to make history. And you know what? The old stadium, it wasn't that old. Completed in 1988, just in time for this. Arguably, the greatest grand final of all time. 1989, Canberra versus Balmain. The day Benny Elias hits the crossbar. The day Steve Jackson comes off the bench to score this try. Only heroes score. In 1991, little Roycey Simmons, God bless him, scores a double before going out and buying the whole of Penrith a beer. I've never scooted with every one of you tonight sometime. Thank you. 92, the Pearl. Yep, Steve Renoff magically running the length of the field. Two years later, it's Mal Meninga. Big Mal Meninga. No one forgets 1997 because it's 16 all and breathless. Newcastle versus Manly Warringah. It's 20 seconds to go. And the eighth immortal, Andrew Johns, takes off down the blind side. Down the blind, Andrew Johns. Inside. On the inside, Darren Albert, ready to write a whole new chapter in rugby league folklore. The, the following year, it's the Bulldogs. As been the more important kick for it's True to the grand final on a wing and a prayer. What about Brad Fiddler in 2000? And the Rabbits return a couple of years later. How the Saints came marching in Anzac Day 2005. Then Benji throwing this Hail Mary in 09, full of grace. What about this? The 2010 finals, Braith and Astor's fantastic field goal. It's Adam Reynolds in 2012, awaiting the final play on the bounce, the way champions do. Okay, we are ready. The captain's run semi-finals. You can feel it in the air. It's starting to warm up. It's the first week of September. Um, NRL finals, they are upon us, Jared. Ready to crack. Listen, I think this is one of the highlight weekends of the season. It's week one of the finals. It's a highlight because we've got four teams, sorry, four games across the top eight. Uh, we're trying to work out the seedings at the top of the table and who ends up with golf and then 
those at the bottom who are trying to get their way through. And Stephen, just quickly, a few of the key little background facts around finals football in the NRL. 16 of the last 21 premiers have won the comp off the back of finishing top four, winning week one, and then having the week off into the prelim final and then winning that. So 16 of 21. 16 of 21. Mm. And I think 27 of the last 28 premiers have come from the top three and had the best and been in the top two defence. Now, the top two defence this season are clearly the Panthers and then the Broncos. Mm. So the key, key factor is is your best defence, finishing top four, if not top three, and then winning week one if you're in the top two and, or the top four and having the week off. It is uh, a key advantage these days. Okay, well, we'll uh, we'll get into the games, Jared. Um little bit weary after last night. We had Greg Bird live down at uh, Lennox Pizza and Pasta, one of our long-time sponsors. Um, he gave us... Big night? Uh, it was a great night, actually. Birdie was... He was excellent. He was really, really good. Um, he was he was really good on the things that you had to be serious on, told some great stories, uh, very funny. Um, yeah, he was really good. Had some great origin stories, some great... Uh, Great stories from uh, being in Australian camp and different coaches he played under, and yeah, he was he was excellent. He was very very good. Um, that will be that podcast will be up live in a week or so. Um, definitely a great listen. And if you listen to nothing more, Jared, I'll I'll see if I can send it to you today. But for our listeners, the introduction that Vaughan Blakey did, as in the rap of uh, introducing Greg Bird is yes. unbelievable. Yes. It is. <laughs> like, it, as Birdie said when he sat down, he just goes, holy dooly. He said, I wasn't expecting that. He said, that is, uh, that's up there with um, Ray, Ray Rabbit Warren. Actually, it's better. It's, it's, well, it is all time. And it's hilarious. Anyway, um, look, we had a really good night. Looking forward to it. Um, he was also very generous in... Uh, Bring down some gear, uh, which he signed, uh, which we've passed on to um, uh, some folks that are running the uh, the rebuild of Wardell School, which is uh, south of Ballina, for those that don't know, that got cleaned up in the floods and the kids still aren't back at that school. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, it, um, he was, it was an all-round fantastic night. Uh, and, you know... Probably the best thing to come out of last night is he just did not stop putting it into Woody about the fact that he supports the Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> Has he been listening to the podcast? So he, he would have picked up. He was on up all to speed. He, yeah, he was. He was. Uh, he was up to speed. Yep, he was well and truly up to speed. Woody was. Uh, yeah, Woody was speechless numerous times, which is very unusual for James. Anyway, let's get into the finals. We've got we've got four cracking games to dissect. Um, his view, before we go any further, was that he just can't see anyone coming near the Panthers. Um, he's, yeah. he, think, he loves uh, Lulai. I, I mean, obviously, he's not going to partake in the first weekend uh, of the finals. Uh, thinks Nathan Cleary is well and truly the best player in the game at present. Um, and in his days, that Joey Johns was so far ahead of the pack, it was not funny. No one was even close. Uh, Friday well, night, Jared. Eight o'clock. He's 100% right there. Yep. Friday night, 7.50. Uh, it's a replay of last Friday night, but this has actually got, you know, this is 
we're playing for cattle stations uh, at Suncorp on Friday night. Um, two really, you'd pr pretty much say full strength squads. In your view? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we've now got a serious matchup. I mean, last week was a walk in the park. It was a, a Q Cup game. Let's um, put a line through that. It's got zero reference on this. Um, we're now back to full strength and most notably for the Broncos, in my opinion, because we get Reynolds back at seven. We've got Walsh at fullback. We've got Carrigan back. Um, it's it's all but, and I would suggest probably 98% the Broncos' best Lineup, and I think that's significant. You know, if I if I use a starting point of where I think um, my ratings are of the top eight going into the semi final, I've got the Panthers clear, uh, and certainly by a bit of a gap. And uh, if I if I go back two or three years ago into into week one of the finals, I wouldn't have had a side with uh, you know about a three. About a three percent gap that the Panthers have on the rest of the table, and then I have the Broncos second, and then I have another four or so um, percentage point gap to the uh, teams behind the Broncos. So what I'm suggesting is that, th is that the Panthers and the Broncos are certainly the number one seeds. Uh, they deservedly sit top two. They are deservedly the best two in defence. And I just think uh, some of the media talk into this game between the Broncos and the Storm probably misses that uh, for mine. And um, I, I know the Storm are outstanding and their long-term history and their coach and their finals form and all of those sorts of things, but I just don't know that the Storm of this season and over the last 10 weeks is that same style of team and that people are still rating them a little bit um, over and above uh, on what they've been in the past as opposed to where they are. We look at their form line of recent games. Forget last week. I mean, their two previous wins were against the Titans and the Dragons. And in both games, you know, the the Titans were level pegging into half time and, and they conceded sixteen. The Dragons gave them a big scare and scored twenty eight against them. I just don't know that that form is very strong around two teams that are not in the in the eight. The Dragons clearly finished sixteenth. Their last three away games, and this is where they've been different to what they've been at home. They've conceded twenty eight, twenty six, twenty six. I mean, that's not the storm of old. And their average when they're on the road in defence is leaking 22 a week. Uh, I think they've got problems down there outside edges. In particular, I think their uh, left edge is going to take a punishing. The, the combination of Walsh and his outside men on their right, in particular Cobbo, but also with Staggs or Ricky, is outstanding. They love sweeping down that edge. Reynolds is very good at reading how he wants to set them up. I think they come through a strong form line. I just love all of that combination of Walsh, of Reynolds, uh, and the strike down their edges. And then up front, you know, the best front rower in the game, in my opinion, in Haas, one of the other better middles in the game in Carrigan. Uh, I'm keen about the Broncos. Uh, I mark them six-and-a-half-point favourites at home, even though there's that massive lopsided advantage to the Storm long-term. just not sure it's the same Storm side or that people are rating the Broncos where I think they are. Yeah, okay. Good summary. Um, I think uh, I think I agree on the Broncos, but my heart, I'd really like to see the Storm with an upset here. It's, a, it's probably, <clears throat> stating the obvious, but it's probably the most important game of the weekend, isn't it? Because if you lose this, oh, it is. you cross over and you're going to come into the Panthers before the GF. Uh, yes, yes, I agree. And I, I think the winner of this game plays the Panthers in the grand final. 
So that's that un, only underlines your thoughts that this is probably the most important game of the weekend, and it is. Uh, because the winner gets the, the, the week off, they get the opposite side of the draw. I think they end up coming through and they play the Panthers in the grand final. So it's a big game. Listen, there is a little bit of forecast for uh, a little bit of light rain in Brisbane on Friday afternoon and, the, and a possible thunderstorm. So keep an eye out on that. I mean, sometimes those thunderstorms sort of blow through and might be a little bit more towards the Sunshine Coast than Brisbane. So a bit of a watch there. I hope we don't get rain. I hope we get a dry track. Uh, and Stephen, you know that I'm not prone to saying silly statements, but I could nearly say if Selwyn Cobbo didn't score an any time try in this game, I'd nearly consider walking home from Sydney. Really? Okay. Cobbo, we're on him. We're on him. Okay. I like that. I was waiting. I had my, that was my next question, but you've answered it. Okay. Cobbo. Right. I, so... I think for those that want to play same game multis, um, if I, if I was picking somebody for the Storm, I'd be working around Coates. Mm. Uh, but certainly for the Broncos, I think down their right edge is where their strength is going to be. And so Ricky, Staggs, Cobbo uh, would be the three that I'd be playing around. But just anchor Cobbo, I think he'll be scoring at least one try. Okay. Andrew Webster flies the private jet into Pamphaville, uh to take on... The Premier's grand finalist last three years where he was on the coaching staff. Um, quite obviously, it will be a sold-out crowd. Uh, it will be pumping down there. Uh, are the Warriors any chance? Listen, on, on paper, on numbers, on everything that I've seen over the last four or six weeks, um, I can't have them in the game. I ended up with the Panthers at minus 12 and a half. They started the week at minus 11.5. The market now has them minus 13.5. They've been uh, certainly solidly supported. The key factor you touch on, Stephen, I think is important, and that is that uh, Webster knows the Panthers. Uh, he would know how he would want to play them, um, but it's a task. Um, I just don't think their form of the last four to five weeks is up to scratch. Uh, in, in wanting to compete with the Panthers at Penrith. And, you know, their record here is outstanding. They, they've won their last seven against the Warriors, but their last six finals games they've won, and four of their last five finals games at Penrith Park they've won. It's just a significant advantage. I thought they got their heads right and their attitude right and back on track last week and certainly dusted up the Cowboys. You know, 44-12 to 12 is all about what the Panthers have been doing. High-scoring points low-scoring defence, a really tough nut to crack. Um, I've been concerned about the Warriors outside three in defence on each edge, and I think that that's where the Panthers can rip them apart. You know, is Torfu Harris 100% right? Is Tavega 100% right? They're going without Metcalf. You know, Tia Marie Martin's only second game back in first grade. Uh, They've got a chance at hand here. I, I, I mentioned on Monday, if I go back to Anzac Day, uh, Webster had the Warriors really pumped up and they really had a decent crack. He needs them in that mindset and they have to use the football. But if they play with the football, it's also going to open up some of their defence. When they've been on the road, they're leaking 22 points a week. That will get you beat every week against the Panthers. Um, I certainly have to be with the Panthers. Yeah, OK. I think uh, to light this final series up, I'd love nothing more than an upset, but I can't say it. 
unfortunately. Well, and, and should the, uh, the, the Panthers win, <clears throat> the Warriors then get a home game next week, and I do think that will light next weekend up. Uh, and I think that, you know, um, let's not get our, ahead of ourselves. But, you know, the outstanding season. He's an outstanding coach. He's a very impressive individual. Um, I'm sure they give this a shake. But once we get 20 or 30 minutes into the game, can they go with the Panthers? Okay, we move into Saturday night down at Shark Park in, I don't know what, they'll have a crowd of about 2,000. Um, just joking. They'll have maybe 10 or 12. But we should have about 50 for this one. Uh, Roosters. I can't believe it sold out. Can you believe it sold out? Uh, Only 11,000 people? I reckon Buzz took 10,000 of the tickets. Um, Roosters on a roll. Sharks at home. Not many people giving the, uh, I don't know, good pundits giving the Sharks a, a chance here. Probably tend to disagree. Is Connor Tracy going to play? Who replaces him if he's out? It's, he, he does sound doubtful. He's been named. Is Joey Manu going to play? Um, and I think if you're going through the form lines, the Roosters uh, have hit form at the right time, but they've hit form at the right time in the area of the game that's been lacking, and that is their defensive resolve. Their attitude seems to be back. Um, what do you make of this one down at Shark Park? Yeah, very interesting. And, and key outs to both teams, which really brings them close. You know, you've got uh, Wera Hargraves, Tupu, Tupanuna, for the Roosters and then the question mark about the hamstring for Manu. It would appear at this stage that he probably plays. So a watch on that. And then for the Sharks, you know, um, Kennedy, Fanuke and Wilton, they're three key outs. And then the big question mark about Tracy. And should Tracy be out, what does he then do? I mean, I personally think the right move would be that you move Nico Hines to fullback uh, and you bring somebody in and let Trindle run the show. Uh, but I would suggest that you'll probably go with Moylan at fullback. I'm not sure if that's the right move. Um, I think Moylan's form in the last six to eight weeks have been very poor, uh, in particular defence, and questionable about his fitness level to play fullback. Uh, that's why he's been off the bench and was dropped. So, you know, all of that then makes this game a little tricky. Uh, Shark Park should be advantaged, but the Roosters' long-term Form at this ground has been very good, and their long-term record over the Sharks has been very good. They did lose back in round seven to them here, and a bit of an upset. Um, I just question the Sharks' ability to compete with the good teams in the top eight. Um, I know they beat the Cowboys. I know they beat the Rabbitohs. Both of those were up and good quality efforts, but both of those teams are not in the semi-finals now. You know, when they went to Newcastle, they got found out in the second half. The Knights went to a, 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 the next level and went away from them. And I thought it showed up um, a range of different issues and problems that they've got in defence. But against strong, physical, aggressive sides, they've certainly struggled. And I think that's what the Roosters can bring to this. They've got better by the week. I, I've had some doubts about the form, but I thought last week they really stood up. That's the strongest effort they've put on the field this this year. Walker was outstanding, but they've got some really strong contributors. Collins, Wong, Baker, you know, Billy Smith on the left edge has been outstanding. I've got to be with the Roosters. I think they've got a physical advantage and the style of game that they play will trouble the Sharks. I just love their defensive effort last week. So certainly with the um, with the Roosters for mine, uh, I marked it, the Roosters small favourites. Um, I thought um, I was tipping them by six. 
Yeah, I'm not sure the Sharks have got the points in them against the defensive resolve of the Roosters, so I'm with you. I think Roosters win that one, I think. Unfortunately for Fitzy, the Sharks go out the back door. Uh, Sunday we move on to, uh, we go up the highway, uh, packed house, Newcastle, 4.05. It is the Newcastle Knights back in the semis, um, pretty much at full strength um, against Suki Bub's Raiders. Um, I did actually refer to Ricky as Suki Bub last night, Jared. Um, Birdie wasn't happy with me. He loves Ricky. Best coach he's had. Yeah, well, there's there's a <laughs> bit of background to that story, anyway. Yeah, there is. Um, anyway, yeah, Suki Bub. We're gonna, we're going to continue to refer to him as Suki Bub. Um, according to according to Ricky, um, they're not even in the semi-finals. So he he loves playing this, uh, you know, this building up the resolve of you know no one cares about his team and it's one horse race and you know um, they're going to go up to the uh, up to Newcastle and no doubt put in a really good performance. I don't know if they've got the points to match Newcastle in Newcastle uh, with a hostile crowd at uh, at Newcastle on Sunday, Arvo. Well, you know one thing here, Stephen, it's a, it's a rare day, but I actually agree with Ricky. They shouldn't be in the semi-finals. <laughs> Nobody does rate them. Oh, dear. Well, listen, they're, they're, make, they're, they're making up the numbers. I mean, they come off the weakest draw and schedule yeah. of any team this season. And they've we, just we scraped talked about in. This and they've just fallen in, mm. and they fell in on the back of other results. You know, so, you know, Ricky's right. They've lost five of their last seven games. How do you Suki, go into the semis? Suki, we agree with you. You shouldn't have made the semis. I love that. And, anyway. it, and of, the, of those two wins of their last seven games, so against the Bulldogs who sit 15th and have had 40-something points put through them every week, and the Tigers who finished with the wooden spoon. I mean, tell me, that form line is just horrible. On the back of that, if they had their best list on the park here, they were they're a chance of a one-off performance. But they lose one of their best forwards in Papali. I think their other equally best forward in Horsburgh. So they're two two of their best in the middle are out. Then they lose Chris. They've got a fifty percent away record, and they're leaking twenty six points a week. I'm sorry, I just. Uh, I think this is a really tough road trip. The Knights, a full house, sold out within an hour, won their last nine. But if we peel that back, I just think there's a lot of depth around what they're doing. Mm. Uh, let's, it'd be easy to say let's forget last week because they, <laughs> they rested six. But what I loved about last week was all of the signs around spirit and harmony and talk and commitment. They're, they're not only happy, they're committed. All the people that came in wanted to play because they're a part of this first-grade squad. And that's really strong signs that, that um, when you get into the trenches, the semifinals will take you a long way. The other thing is I would suggest that they have the best defensive record of any team in the top eight over the last four weeks. 12-6, 10-6, and two of those games against the Sharks and the Rabbitohs. You know, it's really strong form, and they got better and stronger as the game went on against both the Sharks and the Rabbits. Hastings is back in. That's really instrumental. He, he he just is the conductor for this team. Ponga plays, then gives him room on the left edge. Uh, I just think they get the right game, the right setup at home, full house. Uh, I'm all over the night, so I think they're one of the better bets of the weekend. I think they win by 16. Uh, it could be 26. They could end up going on the second half and really putting a number up here, and I think they may well. Okay, so what are our... Uh... 
What are we looking for in the multis for the weekend, Jared? Have we found anything interesting, anything that we should be focusing on? Well, I guess just recapping on, you know, Broncos by eight, Panthers by 14, Roosters by six, Knights by 16. So I thought the two better standout individual plays were the Broncos to cover the line and the Roosters to win. Uh, I thought if you were trying to look for the Panthers, I don't want to play with the 13 and a half. I just think that's a little bit too long. Maybe you pick your own line around the Panthers at minus six and a half. I do think the Knights win. Uh, in, in terms of your best options, I think Cobo scoring a try for the Broncos is a standout. I think the other two that you could then uh, take plays into is, I do think um, Crichton on the right edge for the Panthers against the Warriors. Uh, he's just um, a freak at scoring tries and positioning himself well, especially on that right edge. And I think that's where um, there'll be some targeting against the Warriors. And I think the other one is Bradman Best playing off the left, shol- uh, left shoulder for uh, Ponga. Uh, I'm, I just see him getting put into holes and scoring tries. And so I'd certainly be taking an all-up of Cobbo into... Uh, Crichton, which is around four bucks, and Cobbo into Bradman Best, which is also around four dollars. I think they, they're the two best players of the weekend. Okay, well, I'm going to throw one out there. I've gone, uh, I've gone a just a four-legged multi: Storm, Panthers, Roosters, Knights, paying seven dollars twenty-five. Storm. Yep, for an upset. Pan- Panthers to win, Roosters to win, yep. Knights to win. Paying seven bucks. Seven twenty-five. It's, uh, that's a nice all-up, but uh, you got a lot resting on the first game. I'm not going to go Chinese Sunday night. I'm going to go takeaway pizza pasta with my wings. Yeah, well, well, just make sure you take those mouldies because you might need them if the Broncos win. Righto. Well, we will uh, we will catch up on Monday to uh, dissect. Uh, I'm hoping for at least one upset out of these four games to light the final series up to make it interesting. Yeah, I've had. I've certainly had that question over the last couple of days. I mean, it, it, it doesn't look straightforward. Does it look like we've got uh, the four favoured teams? I mean, the Roosters only small favourites. Um, you know, that Broncos-Storm game, very interesting. I do think the Panthers and the Knights win. And, Steve, I'm on a plane this afternoon in the good old Sydney town. We've got the big charity lunch tomorrow. We ended up with... Uh, uh, just on a sellout, which is fantastic. Um, I'll talk more about it next week. But listen, the background work of Shane Flanagan and Lara Pitt and some of the, and Zach Bailey and, and uh, Tristan Merlihan from Top Sport and Jimmy Smith and some of the people that have just contributed to this is just outstanding. And um, you know, hopefully we'll end up uh, with a check of somewhere around twenty five grand uh, tomorrow afternoon to donate to an outstanding cause. So really looking forward to that and. A lot of people who I know listen to our podcasts or are subscribers to the website are going to be there tomorrow. It'll be fantastic to catch up, and we may well have a, a couple of drinks together. Can you uh, can you make sure you get some photos and uh, we can share it on social media? That's a fantastic Absolutely. initiative. I know that there's uh, these fundraisers, um, and it takes up an enormous amount of time to get them get them right, so they roll smoothly. No doubt you've done that. So good work, um, and uh, all the best for tomorrow afternoon. And if you think there's something. Uh, the the ball and all should be bidding on. Please text me, and <laughs> we'll, I'll make an executive decision on behalf of Berwick and Woody. Um, yeah, and uh, and and shoot shoot photos through, especially with the new Red V coach, and get the oh, lowdown. Wow. Get the lowdown on who we 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 are signing, Jared. I'll be sitting uh, sitting close to Flano and having a bit of a chat. And 
Listen, uh, the background um, chats with Flano over the last couple of weeks about him being involved in this for a charity have just been outstanding. The man is just um, absolutely yes, right from the outset, and just wanted to be a part of it to help such a good cause. And also the Laundies, uh, you know, big sponsors of the Canterbury Bulldogs, they own the Red Line Hotel at Roselle. Uh, some of the stuff they've done in the background to make this function work and help and support on the pricing, but also then the quality of the of the function has just been outstanding. So uh, they're a very generous family. Well done, mate. Have a great day tomorrow. We will, uh, no doubt, you and I will talk tomorrow uh, during. Uh, well, I think you're going to dial me in while you're on stage, so I can have a chat to Flano. Uh, but if I don't, we'll talk Monday. Well, let's hope Cobo scores a try because I don't want to walk home from Sydney. Righto, see you, mate. See you, mate. Don't smoke here. We only set fire through the microphones. (laughs) 